Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast, and I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I want to be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms, so it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast. Just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. Hey, my name is Chris Williams, and you are now listening to the Grow Your Side Business Podcast. I help ambitious employees grow a profitable side business. If you haven't had an opportunity yet, go check out growyoursidebusiness.com where we've got all the content, the tips, the strategies, and more. You're in the right place at the right time, and we're here to help you grow a serious, profitable side business. Let's listen to today's episode. She hails as a street philosopher. She's a former uh, officer of the United States Army, so go Army. We appreciate that. She's a business observer, an author, a life coach. And one of the things that she's been able to do is take analytical approach in tackling many of the world's most complex ideals and simplifying them into terms that are much more digestible for the average person to adapt to their life. We're going to dive into some of that, too. Now, some people might call her a jack of all trades and a master of none. However, she doesn't believe in that because what it screams is a lack of effectiveness when it becomes when it when it comes to being a student and a teacher of life. It's uh, it becomes very necessary to be well versed in a variety of topics. Let me tell you all right now. She absolutely is. Her primary focus has been studying psychology and human behavior and adapting her wisdom to uh, her vast background. She did attend, ladies and gentlemen, listen to this, Louisiana State University in Shreveport. Let's go. But here's what she studied. She studied cell and molecular biology. This is pretty cool. This is fascinating. She has all the certifications, ladies and gentlemen, certification in leadership, uh, a certification from the Army, a logistics uh, university. I mean, she's done it all. Study music, digital animation, photography. She loves music. She don't love all that new stuff, all that mumble stuff going on today. She's like me. She like the old school stuff, but actually has something to say. And here's the other thing that I want you to know. She's also been able to work in the sales industry, um, in direct sales as well, whether it be in automotive, whether it be in direct sales. And here's the cool part. She's also doing something that I absolutely love doing. And we're going to dive into more of this. She's been able to take a lot of what she sees philosophically and put it into real world actionable intelligence, which is really important. Now, y'all like, dang, well, who is this lady? Let's go ahead and introduce now to the world. Those of you in the Side Business Builder Group, welcome. For those of you who are first-time guests here, this is the Grow Your Side Business Podcast. We help high achievers be able to build high-value, profitable side business. Tonight's guest is none other than Prinsella Carr of her own podcast. Um, and I want her to talk about some of this podcast too because, man, it's, it's juicy now. She got a whole lot to talk about inside of her podcast. Prinsella, listen, first of all, welcome to the show I don't even know, like, I got so many places I want to start, but I know where I'm going to start. How are you doing this evening? I'm fantastic so much. Thank you. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, um, there, when we met um, a little over a month ago in Miami, um, there were uh, two things that stood out about meeting you. Um, number one, you were very, um, very resolute in your approach. Mm-hmm. You, you had no waiver. There was no like, 
I'm trying to say this to impress you. No, it's like, no, I woke up like this, like literally, right? Like, yes. this is who I am. That was the first thing that I thought that was cool. The second mm -hmm. thing that um, I noticed that was really interesting during our conversation is that you, you are not what I would say some people say down in the comments, because I, oh, I read some of your comments and the way some people talk in those comments. I think you are approachable. I think you are mm -hmm. um, open. I also think, though, that you you understand yourself well enough to to allow uh, for others to share who they are without you feeling intimidated. And I just respect that about you. And I want to tell you that up front uh, in the conversation. So, you know, let's let's start. Uh, I know where I want to start. I really want to start with your ideal. You you have a way of thinking. And we titled this, uh, you know, for those of you who saw the. The, the, the title of this in the thumbnail, um, you know, male psychology and how to use it. Now, here's the thing. Some people would say, Priscilla, okay, that sounds like, you know, some some wild stuff. That sounds like, okay, she's just another one of these people out here, you know, talking on the fringes of life. But you have a background that supports what you're talking about. United States Army, leadership <laughs> certification. You study behavior and psychology down to the molecular level. Help, just give us a good understanding of this journey that you went on, because it seems like you got more, the more you learned, the more you wanted to know. Yes. So talk to us, let's start here. Why did this, like, how did you get down this path and what what was scary about it? What did you learn even about yourself that maybe you, you didn't know before starting to go down this behavioral psychology uh, road? Well, I believe that we are all born kind of knowing what we are here for and what we want to do. But somewhere along the line, we forget and we get caught up in the tides of the world. So at a, as a, at a very young age, I knew that I wanted to break generational curses, right? But what made me know that was my family background. Right. The experiences that I was having within my own family that let me know that there was a problem that I wanted to change. So because of this, one of the things that I wanted to do was prove to my family that I was going to be somebody. Right. And that's where it all started, because I was black sheep. I wasn't one of the preferred children. Uh, and because of that, a lot of my uh, cousins were favored over me and they kind of pit us up against each other in terms of competition. And when they looked at me, it was always this idea that I would be a failure out of all. The children. They chose me to to say that I would be the failure and there was something in me that wanted to prove them wrong. Not only prove them wrong, but also for me to break these generational curses that I uh, wanted to, to break. So these, the environment and the situation that I was in put this fire in me to do. Um, so by me being alone and having to prove something to a group of people that didn't support me. I chose a field 
that was like the most difficult field. I knew that I wanted to help people. I knew I had a nurturing, a nurturing side of me. So I thought that going to medical school and being a doctor was my way of helping people, which would also help me, you know, uh, prove my family wrong and all of that. So I chose the science field. Now, what I learned about the human body is that when you're low on certain nutrients, your body will cause you to crave certain things just so it can pull the nutrients out. So you thinking consciously, oh, I just want, you know, uh, some peanuts or I want um, some fish. You think you want that, but your body is craving a missing nutrient. So it's the same thing. Give me an example of a nutrient that might be missing if I'm hungry, because I know I like to eat, so I like this conversation. So talk. To well, me like about if you want to, like if you want to, if if you was craving peanuts or whatever, you might be low on some protein or whatever. You might be low on vitamin A or something, which would be the reason why you want uh, carrots or something, right? You might be low on some vitamin that. Um, your body needs. So it will manipulate you. you. The infinite intelligent being that's within you will manipulate your conscious mind to think that it wants something because, oh, it just tastes good. No, it's a missing nutrient. So that's the same thing that happens on a spiritual level. On a spiritual level, you may want to go to the military like I did, right? On a spiritual level, you might think that, oh, I want to go to the military because, you know, I just like shooting guns or whatever conscious reason you might say. But on a spiritual reason, on a spiritual level, it is because your soul is craving some wisdom or some knowledge that you need to acquire for your life's journey. And that's the path that it's trying to push you down. So that's the same thing that happened with me when it when i when i chose to go to school for pre-med because i was gonna i was in cell and molecular operation with the intent to go to medical school right because i knew i wanted to help people but i thought that was the route but what the creator was pushing me to do was to go down that path to learn science first then once I got all of that information out of the science field, I lost all interest of going to medical school. <laughs> Interesting thing, right? Um, when I was 18, my life, my family life was so harsh that I just wanted to get away. So and from age 13, 14, I just couldn't wait till I turned 18. So once I turned 18, the morning of my 18th birthday, I joined the military. I got, <laughs> I went to the MEF station, signed up, and after my graduation, I was off to boot camp four days after I graduated, right? These are all of the desires that the creator put in me to go down. But I was thinking that I was going to be in these professions, but that's not what the creator wanted, right? For me to be in these professions. I started to think about all of the patterns that I was seeing because for every every job or every field that I went went worked in, I realized that there was a consistent pattern no matter what field it was in. So going from science 
to um, leadership in the military, spending eight years in transportation, right? Going from there to project management, to selling cars, to selling, um, doing direct sales, all being in the music industry, none of these professions, I mean, not any one of them are congruent. They don't build on top of each other. They're just all random jobs. And I'm like, okay, how in the hell am I supposed to use all of this knowledge? I'm, none of this stuff goes together. On the surface, it doesn't. On the surface, it doesn't. But I noticed that every last one of these fields had the same pattern, which showed me something, that the truth stands the test of time and it does not change. It doesn't matter your um, genre, your um, whatever field you're in, it's all the same thing. And so once I realized that I started to apply that to my individual life, and this is how I started to build up knowledge and wisdom, being able to see the patterns of life. Mm. And based on those patterns, you can predict outcomes. Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast, and I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I want to be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms. So it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast. Just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and so right. that's how. You mentioned, you know, childhood being very difficult. Um, you know, one of the things that I know about the subconscious is the subconscious never, you know, doesn't care if you're telling a joke or being, you know, serious. It only knows whatever you say and whatever you say, it is what it is. And it will make sure right. that you get exactly whatever you you put out there. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the trauma that you went through as a child. Talk about what what that was like, because you mentioned you were the black sheep of the family. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about some of the things that were going on as a child. That in one regard, you only saw it as, you know, hey, I, I just can't wait to get out of here and I'm going to use the military as the way to to get mm-hmm. myself to remove from this. But yeah. Talk about what was going on as a kid that you you could tell, because sometimes as adults, we don't even realize some of the childhood trauma is why we are who we are today. Because we haven't done the identification of it. We haven't mm-hmm. been able to um, self-identify as much as you've been able to, right? A lot of people, and some right. people are scared to do it. Let's just be real. Some people don't want right. to go down that path because it brings up old feelings and it brings up things that they don't want to do. What was going on in your childhood and how did you start to be okay with going, but I got to face this thing though. I can't just know what was there, but not want to face it. Talk to me about that. Okay. Well, um, so my dad was in the military, right? And um, he was in the Navy. So we were all together, my mom, my brother and everything um, in South Carolina. And, um, my mom and dad separated due to uh, domestic violence situations. So um, he went out to sea 
and we went back home to her home well which is my father's hometown too we went back home to the hometown and um i would me and my brother would be at my grandmother's house, my maternal grandmother's house. And my maternal grandmother had uh, eight grandchildren, but my brother and myself were not her favorites. She didn't like her daughter, which was my mother. And because of that, she didn't really favor me and my brother. And so some of the things that my grandmother would do is we would get out of school and my grandmother would lock me and my brother outside all day and keep all of the other grandkids in the house. Um, and she wouldn't feed us. My grandmother would let us starve, <laughs> really. And she would let us sit outside until my mother would get off work at nine o'clock at night. She wouldn't let us in the house. She wouldn't even let us do our homework over there. Right. And sometimes when she would cook food, she would cook a lot of food and she would tell me and my brother that it was not enough for us to eat. She didn't cook enough for me and my brother to eat. But my aunts would get off to come pick up their children around five or six o'clock and they would come over and eat and get seconds. And then my grandmother would put the food up. But Sometimes seven days would go by and the food that she told me and my brother wasn't enough to eat before she got ready to throw it away after it had been sitting there for seven days before she gave it to the dog. She would say, Priscilla and uh, my brother, do you want this before I give it to the dog? This is how my grandmother was treating us, right? Um, so we, she had some issues psychologically because she grew up in that environment. Um, so she had some self-worth issues and because of her self-worth issues, I was physically, emotionally, and psychologically abused by my mother. And because of this, me not having any support, right? And uh, not only am I getting this treatment at home, I'm getting bullied at school, right? Mm. So I've been bullied my whole life from elementary all the way up into high school, right? So I lived a life of solitude and my outlet was art. So uh, I, I draw, I'm an artist and I also rap, I do music. And that was the outlet that I turned to, to escape from all of the trauma that I was dealing with growing up. Even in that trauma, I still did well in school. Right? Wow. I, I, scored, uh, I scored a 28 on the ACT. And when I went to college, uh, I, I didn't have to take any prerequisites. So I was able to go to school and go straight into calculus. Um, Man. So even yeah, you know, when you hear a story like that, a lot of people would say, Princella, you know, we we want to be we want to be uh, sympathetic to what you've been through, right? Mm -hmm. But the the ain't the the approach that you today, the Princella today takes, um, 
doesn't use that as an excuse or a vice, doesn't use it as uh doesn't use those real traumatic moments to you as even a uh, a weapon against others. You seem to really have found a way to not make that thing. I always tell, I always say that sometimes many of us are living from a moment and not towards mm -hmm. one. Right. So typically when we have these traumatic situations in our life, we've been living our whole life from that moment. Groundhog day mm -hmm. after groundhog day, right? We treat everybody based on that thing. Um, and that can be dangerous, right? Because right? you push the whole world away at that point, right? You Correct. you do not seem to have that, um, you know, especially as a black woman. Now, where did you grow up? I grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay. You grew up in Shreveport. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So my wife went to Xavier and uh, she used to live over Metairie. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, actually, so oddly enough, I just finally went down to New Orleans for the first time. My wife surprised me yeah. uh, for my birthday party this year. We actually celebrated. Mm -hmm. down there. I had a whole lot of fun. I'll be going yeah. back. Um, but, you know, you, you've, you've had, you know, you have these moments when you're a kid. You get to the military. You were talking about some of the things that you you started noticing patterns as you picked up other jobs beyond the military. But I want to go back to the military a second. What was it about the military that um, was helpful to you in becoming the person you are today? Okay. So um, to know that the intention of joining the military was to learn because I didn't know anything when I hit 18, you know, it's like, okay, I'm 18 now and, or I'm 17 and I'm like, okay, I still don't know nothing. How do you function in the world? I know absolutely nothing. And knowing that I don't have a support system, I didn't, hold on, let me get this. Okay. Knowing that I don't have a support system, I had two choices. I could go and figure out the world in the world mm -hmm. and get bounced around. Or I could go to what I would feel like is a more safe way to learn and go to a controlled environment like the military and pick up some things. And it's the best decision that I have ever made in my life. Right. Interesting. Yes, wow. I would. If, if I had to go back, I wouldn't join the military again. Right. And um, the discipline, the organization, right, the getting in as a book private and then gaining my commission. So I was able to see what it's like to be a follower and what the responsibilities are of a person who is in a leadership position, what it takes to move from one to another, you know what I mean? So um, being in a platoon, in a squad, to leading that platoon, it's, I learned a lot and I was able to see my own willpower, test my own strength, right? So when I got into the, when I got into officer candidate school, we started with 150 candidates. We only graduated 50 and I was one of those 50. And one of the things that I remember, right? Because it was a really tough environment to be in. 
And that, that showed me a lot about myself because I knew that I had an iron will and I wasn't going to let nobody watch me fail. See, I'm not going to let nobody watch me fail. I'm not going to let nobody watch me quit, right? So we had ruck marches, right? This is one of my most prominent memories, and I'm very proud of this, okay? We had three ruck marches. The first one was five miles. And you wear a 45-pound rucksack, and you carry an eight-pound weapon. And you have to meet a certain time. You have, I don't, I can't even remember the time limit. We just knew it was a time limit that we had to meet, make five miles in. No breaks, no stopping. Roll the entire time. On the five mile ruck march, I was like second to the last person coming in. I was struggling and I think I had five minutes to make it or I was going to be out. But I was, my feet were blistered up. I was at the end and I was like, I'm not going to quit. I got five minutes to make it to this, to the, to the end of this line. And I barely made it. I made it, but I barely made it. Hey, so I've never shared this story, but I almost died from an asthma attack in my sleep. Yeah, that was a pretty scary day. And when that day happened, we have one or two choices. Either we continue down the same path that got us those results or we do something different. Well, thankfully, my wife and I chose to do something different. We made some simple changes in our lives and I didn't realize that the same things that I was buying from a local grocery store were also contributing to me almost dying from an asthma attack in my sleep. I don't want you or anybody you know to go down the same path. Listen, we're embarking on a journey. and We've been a part of a project to ensure that we help 10,000 families be able to get safer, more affordable products without all the toxic chemicals. Buying it all online shipped directly to you so you don't have to go to it. Listen, if you want to know more, click the link below 10,000 families. And I can't wait to show you what we've been working on to help more people in the United States make safer, affordable choices. And then like three weeks later, we had a seven mile ruck march. And the first thing that went through my mind is like, how am I going to make it for seven miles if I was struggling making it on the five? Well, when seven miles came, I wasn't at the end no more. I was in the middle. <laughs> I was in the middle and I had plenty of time at the end. Right? Then after that, we had a 10 mile rope march. It went from five to seven to 10. And I'm like, damn, they pushing me. They pushing me. <laughs> so on the 10 mile rope march, I wasn't at the end. I wasn't at the middle. I was at the front of the line. <laughs> I was at the front of the line, right? And everybody thought when they knew that I was going to office of candidate school, people thought I wasn't going to make it. I've had people speaking ill over my life, my entire life, telling me I wasn't going to be nothing. My own family was telling me I wasn't going to be nothing. The people in the military told me I wasn't going to make it, right? And I got people now telling me I wasn't going to make it. I don't let people determine my trajectory trajectory. I use that as fuel because I'm not going to let myself down because how you see me don't matter. 
the only thing that matters is how I see myself. And I'm going to take all of this and use it as fuel and energy, and I'm going to convert it into something positive for myself. And that's how I've always looked at my life. And it has done me wonders. That is amazing. That's that's amazing. So uh, first of all, let me say hello to everybody uh, in YouTube land. We got over 192 people over here watching right now just in YouTube alone. Uh, we see y'all. Uh, I see the comments and everything else going crazy. You guys continue to provide your questions um, and your thoughts. They clearly, your, your folks travel because they love you over here. Uh, yes. And they are all in them comments. Um, so I, I want to I wanna move uh, to, you talked about, you know, these, as you saw all of these different companies and businesses that you worked in, uh, you noticed none of them really built on top of each other. But before the show, you and I were talking about like, you know, one of one of the skill sets that you have is being able to recognize patterns. Yes. Right. Let's talk about um, the pattern that you started noticing between automotive direct sales, between, uh, you know, the work you were doing, but, uh, you know, from the military, all those different things. What what were some of the patterns that you recognized that you saw as like, Hey, I can actually leverage this now because I'm. I can see. It's almost like seeing behind the matrix, right? Like I see the ones and zeros of, of how yes. this stuff is working. Tell me how you developed that, and then what what did you start noticing for yourself? Uh, what I, I the pattern that I saw to begin with was systemization. No matter what you're looking at, there is a system there. So the first pattern, the first place I saw the system was in a cell, the cell, um, and how that operates, right? Then when I went to chemistry and organic chemistry and I learned how to build a protein, I noticed another system because these systems build on each other. Then as I was in calculus and stuff, there was another system. Then I got out of that working at, you know, you know, thinking about when I was working at McDonald's, thinking about the school system, thinking about politics, right? Because I had delved into politics and understand, understood how that works. Everything is a system, right? So whether it was going to school, whether it was in the sales industry, whether it was uh, in the military, it was all system and organization. So that was the beginning of the pattern. And then I noticed that a person's life should be run like a business because the problem with humans in their own personal lives is unorganization and this and uh, disorganization and no system. Right. No understanding. So there's a lot of people just moving around willy nilly. And no matter what you do, you always have to learn the basics. Everything is built off of the basics. Right. And it's all centered around human connection and human communication. All of this is the same no matter what industry that you're in. Not only did I do this, I was also a truck driver. Right. And so as a truck driver, I drove trucks for six years and it's the same exact thing, right? With 
whether you're managing trucks or you're managing a CRM, it's the same thing when you're communicating with humans, when you're when you're trying to make plans, when you're planning a route. When it came to planning my route on for the trucks, it reminded me of planning my uh, route for uh, territory to knocking on these doors. Right. It's the same thing, just a different industry. Right. So. With that, I learned that hmm, humans are the same in each one of these areas. Humans are the same. And guess what? No matter what you're doing, you have to sell. So whether I'm selling you an idea or whether I'm selling you a product or selling you myself, you have to have the ability to communicate an idea. Right. So this was. These are all of the patterns that I saw in all of the industries, whether I was in sales or driving trucks or in um, being a part of, of the military. So I took each for each one of these fields, I took core principles and I took them with me everywhere I went. Right. And they kept building on and building on and building on and building on. And that is what led me to really digging in and human behavior by seeing how entities work because entity is nothing but a another form of human that's disconnected from the human itself right so you grow a business which is an entity right based on how you would grow a person Hey, somehow you were able to find the Grow Your Side Business podcast, and I thank you. I'm glad you're listening. You've been sharing, you've been liking, but here's one thing I want to be able to do. We want even more people just like you to find this show. Now, the best way that people discover this show is leaving a review. So if you would do me a favor, leave a review. It literally takes five seconds. We're trying to get up to a thousand reviews across all of our platforms. So it doesn't matter where you listen to this podcast. Just go in, tap in, leave us a review. I would absolutely be so grateful that you did so that other people can hear it. Let's get back to the show. Okay. All right. So we, we here now. All right. Then let's just do this because you, all right. You grow a business the way you would grow a human. Yes. Um, let's start at the beginning. Let's say I've, I've started my side business and let's say uh, I'm, I'm, I'm between zero and three years. Help me understand what you mean, given the context of what you just said. Okay. So the fact of the matter, if you have, if you have a child, right, you have to nurture that child. That child doesn't have language. That child doesn't have, and you have to continue to put fuel into that child and teach that child or program that child and set that child up the way that you want that child to express themselves in this environment within a zero to three year period. That's the same thing that you have to do because your business doesn't have any foundation, it has no language, it has nothing. And so you have to first create a philosophy, right, which is your mission statement. OK, all humans are based on biological programming first and then the psychological programming, which is the uh, lobby. You have to instill a philosophy and build around that philosophy in order to uh, build this 
entity, which is the brainchild, because this is what we call a brainchild. And so you have to give that brainchild nutrients. What are the nutrients to that? Well, before you go to the nutrients, you have to build the brain of the entity because the human has a brain, right? You have to build the brain of the entity, which would be what your, if you're going to have a board of directors, which would be your mastermind, right? You have to put these pieces in place. So you have to have, you have to have a sales department, right? You have to have the, the sales force. You have to have the management squad. All of this is the brain, right? So when you're building the entity, you build the brain. You also build the mind and then you build these branches, which will be your nerves, right? You build that and then you feed it. You feed it, right? You feed it the positive things that you need to make it grow and to express what you've already programmed into the brain, right? So you build a business the way you would build a human. How are humans created in the womb? If you learn, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. We look at Henry Ford. Henry Ford is giving credit for you know the automotive plant, but who did he, who did Henry Ford get his wisdom from? He got his wisdom from George Washington Carver, who studied plants, and 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 they modeled the automotive plant, the manufacturing plant, off of nature. And this is how you build anything. You look at the wisdom. You don't reinvent the wheel. You look in the wisdom that's already there and that's in mother nature <laughs> there's so much in what you just said right now all right so um i like this because i think there's so many people right now talking about how to build a business all of these internet and social media streets who are all talking about this stuff you know what they typically do are talking about the fast track they're talking about, oh, do it fast, do it this way, do it this way. And there's not a lot of people talking about the fact that this is going to take time. <laughs> like you got to you got to put you got to put some time into this, right? Like this is going to take some time. You have to install the culture. You have to install the systems. You have to install the modus operandi. You have to install. Uh, and guess what? That takes time now. If based on what you're saying, so when you think about the businesses that, that that you have today and what you what you've been building, leveraging this 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 type of thinking, what's been um what's been kind of the the aha moment for you? Like the big aha moment as you saw it this way, and then you were like, Well, I'm gonna build my own businesses. I'm gonna do my own, you know, I'm not just getting these certifications on reason. I'm I'm gonna build businesses for myself. What were some of those big ahas after you realized I got to build this thing just like we would build the first? No, it was it for me. It was a journey of uh, collecting all this data. I knew it. Right. It was not for me. It was never a. Oh, my God. I'm like, like, I'm just I'm just a really deep thinker. For me, it was the confidence in myself to trust that I could do what I learned. And I didn't have confidence in myself because of the system trying to 
live in, in up to how the system say you're supposed to do stuff. And so because my my knowledge was so disconnected and my work history was so disconnected, I did not have confidence to get out here and do something uh, that was unconventional. Uh, but the creator, when the creator will, when you're ready, even if you ain't, you don't think you're ready, the creator will make you uh, show yourself when she knows that you're ready. So um, I had a pattern of leaving jobs and then going to get another job, right? So uh, I was always successful in anything I put my hands on, but I worked really, really hard to do this stuff, right? And I would burn myself out. So, uh, but I couldn't stay at any of these jobs long because I would lose, I would get, because I would get burnt out and I would lose a lot of interest. And, um, and I would look for, I would have to find something else that would stimulate me because I'm not, once things get monotonous, I'm just not effective in it anymore. Okay. And so, um, so I found myself spinning my wheels using all of my effort, my physical effort to do everything. And so my last job, which was, um, truck driving, I told the owner that I was going to leave in May. I planned on leaving in May because in my heart and my soul, I said, I'm not going to be driving trucks no more. This is it. This will be the last trucking company I'm driving for. And no matter what I got to do to, to, to do it on my own and to, I'm going to do that. Well, it didn't go as planned. I and he ended up uh, laying me off at the beginning of the year, January, right after I bought a brand new car. So I just got myself into forty thousand dollars worth of debt, and then I lose my job. But I knew that I was not going back to to I'm not going to another trucking company. I refused to. So I knew that over a twenty year period all this wisdom that I have, all this experience, I have all the tools that I need to be successful in what I'm doing. And so I was writing a book. I'd started businesses before. I'd written business plans and everything, but my heart was not in these things and I was doing them for other people. And I wasn't doing them for myself. I was playing, I was playing the submissive role, you know, because they say as a woman, you got to submit to your man and help him. I tried that. I tried that. Tried that to play background. Well <laughs> no, it didn't work because first of all, the, the the guys was jealous of my abilities, and uh, it just did not work out in that setup. And so, I only did that because of uh, societal programming that I felt like I just had to have a guy to do it. Like I did not feel comfortable doing it on my own but the creator wanted me to do it on my own because the fact of the matter is i've been doing everything on my own the entire time i was doing all the work when these dudes when i was helping these dudes they didn't help me do anything right so um the creator pushed me out the window it pushed me out the door and i knew i had all the skill to do it and i was writing my book i started writing my book maybe in november of last year and I would get off work, I would work all day, go pick up my daughter and come home and I would 
pick on my book. And I would do this every day. And then I would do my shows because I had a show that I was doing on YouTube, still do. And I was I was juggling all of this. And when I lost my job, I was like, okay, I'm going to finish this book and I'm going to sell my book because I know that I got gold, that I can add value to people's lives. And I finished that book in a month, got it all done up and put it on the market. And I could have not been prepared for what happened when I did that. I couldn't have been prepared. Tell me what happened. I, I lost my job January 3rd of this year. Okay. And I filed for unemployment because I didn't know how I was going. I knew I wasn't going back and I just needed something to carry me through. I was yeah. making $1,000. I was making maybe $1,200 a week, barely bringing that home. Mm. And then my income went to zero after that because I didn't even get unemployment. I would have never known that I would have went from making $1,200 a week to about to touch 300000 before the end of the year. Hold on, time out. Okay. Well, this show is over. Clearly, uh, wow. Whoa. Okay. And it was because you put the time in and it was this book, right? And and and, and y'all, if y'all haven't seen the title of this book, uh, we'll make sure that we, we provide it down in the description, but it's called The Game, 41 Shades of Men. And I yes. want to dive into some of this, um, man, this perspective that that you have and that's why when i sent you over the thumbnail like i i already knew what i was going to title it uh yeah. because of our conversation that we had in miami mm -hmm. and you know um some people would say okay princella that's you know th these are some e extreme views but extreme to who right i guess it, you know it's all relative right. but but right. let's talk about how did you develop this book because the book is published, but there were things that you had to experience, things that you had to go through, stuff that you had to sit down and and write these thoughts in a way that, to your point, I love what you sent me over. You know, you, you said, I want to make this stuff practical to the average person every day, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a different angle because as a man, listen, we got ego for a seller. And I, I like my ego. And I like mm -hmm. it when my wife stroke my ego. And I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm happy about my ego. The fact that you said, no, I'm going to show you ladies how to use it. That mm -hmm. I thought was very intriguing because typically when you hear that kind of stuff, right? People get a little skittish, right? Mm -hmm. I've been telling my wife forever. I'm like, look, honey, the, the, the thing that you have that most men don't have is the, the power to be able to not only negotiate, but you have this uncanny ability to, to do things in a way that a man could never do. Like, we could both be looking at the same business deal, but a woman will see that thing in a certain way. And you'd be like, how in the world did she come up with that? But it's just the way women see things. So talk to me about some of the things that you, how did you arrive at some of these ideals in the book? And let's come on, like share, like what's one of these 41 shades that's in the book that you, you, you are trying to um, uh, communicate to the world and to us men in some regards, but to women as well. Well, um, Men are just collateral damage. Uh, 
because um, you can't reason with men. They don't listen. Okay. Um, because y'all have egos and you want to feel superior to women, you don't listen to women. It takes it takes a it takes a man to listen to a woman. It takes a man to be influenced, to allow himself to be influenced by a woman. The average male never reaches manhood. So he ain't listening to no woman. So the only way a man listens is through behavior. No contact. That's men don't understand nothing <laughs> but silence and no okay. contact. Right? I got you. Yeah. All right. The, the, so, by the way, the chat is lighting up right now. So let's let's mm-hmm. keep this on. I like this. Yeah. So uh, when it comes to the game, forty-one shades of men. Instead of me telling women to do something, I understand human psychology and how to get people to move because I've been trained in this. See. By having a sales career and being top salesman in the car industry, door-to-door sales um, and cell phones, I have a very personable um, personality and I understand how to talk to people and I understand how to sell to people. Okay, Sales is practical human psychology, putting human psychology into practice. So you got to be really good to walk up to somebody's door who ain't expecting you to be there and sell them something that they wouldn't expect them to buy. I was top salesman on door-to-door sale. And I was top salesman in the car industry too. I sold in my first 10 days of selling cars ever I sold nine cars in my first 10 days. I switched dealerships and did the same exact thing. And I got salesman of the month, my first full month of selling cars. And I got me a General Motors ring uh, within six months of selling cars when I switched dealerships. Right. So I have been able to put human psychology into practice. But it's very interesting that uh, because I pay attention in life. See, let me tell you something. I'd like you to come back and do the side by side screen because I want to talk to you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So. um, Hey, really quickly, I just wanted you to know that this experience is awesome audio wise. And I know you're loving it because otherwise you wouldn't be here. But I want you to know we also have a YouTube version of this same conversation. You can go to Grow Your Side Business over on YouTube right now. And guess what? You can watch us have this conversation out loud in the open. Uh, Sometimes it just does better to make things stick when you're watching. So whether you're at home, whether you're in the office or wherever you might be and you're listening to this episode, go check us out on YouTube. Let's get back to the conversation. I told you I, I recognize patterns. Right? Yeah. And the information is out there if you pay attention. But see, let me tell you something. Ain't nothing in life free. You're going to pay one way or another. Who you tell? Ain't nothing in life free. You're going to pay one way or another. It's going to cost you either money. You're going you're gonna to pay in lost opportunities. You're going to pay in attention. All right, or you're gonna pay and get in your head bust to the white meat. Either way, you gonna pay for your education. 
Well, I paid in all of those ways. I got I got my head bust to the white meat, right? I lost a lot of money, right? I lost some opportunities, but I also paid attention to all of those lessons, which has made me a wizard in male psychology because I learned not just by being in relationships because see that's a that's one dynamic of male behavior how he behaves in relationships but there's another aspect to him which is how he behaves in the work environment and a person one thing I learned in the military my drill sergeants drummed it into my head attention to detail soldier attention to detail soldier leadership is in everything you do how you tie your shoe is how you live your life how you make your bed that's how you live your life and that's the truth how i do go to work and what he do at work is how he act at home it's how he act in his friendships so not only do i understand the male from a relationship Point of view, how he behaves there. I worked in male-dominated industries, and by me being a tomboy and not somebody that they after to try to manipulate to have sex with, since I'm one of y'all, you talk to me like I'm one of y'all, right? And <laughs> you know you... what? Mm-hmm. Now, you know what? That's absolutely true. So, my wife, I always say, she's not your average female. She's like one of the dudes. Because my wife knows how to operate. She worked in Microsoft um, back in the day. She's been an executive corporate vice president for, you know, large Fortune 50 companies. Like she's, and she's lived her world corporately around all of these men. But she learned the game in such a way that she could play it to her advantage. And I think mm-hmm. one of the, the most um, important clarion calls I think that we we need, I will say, uh, not only just in our community, but I, I would say just women in general is need to understand is that, um, you know, as men, to your point, like, right, once once you get your ego kicked in, um, it's you you don't try to go back there again because you know how dangerous that can be. I've had my mm-hmm. ego kicked in. So when my wife and I met, like she knew, like, I'm I'm probably too transparent to a fault. I don't mind telling her the truth. I don't mind being vulnerable, but that's not because I'm trying to be somebody special. It's just because I knew what I know what the alternative looked like. And it's ugly mm-hmm. and it sucks. And guess what? It don't get you none of what your actual heart desires. You were talking about that earlier. It don't get you the core of what you want by right. operating in some of that ego stuff. I, I want to know this. You you mentioned, you, you know, you you studied, you paid attention. Military told you, hey, how you tie that shoe? Pay attention to detail. What's one of the details that you are trying to get across to women right now beyond just writing the book, but something that like you are really like pushing hard that you want women to understand so that uh, I heard you mention this in one of your uh, uh, episodes. You're trying to get women to step up into who they really should be, who God said they really should be. So what's one of those main principles? Well, um, I'm a student of the occult and esoteric uh, wisdom. And so um, principle, when you stand on principle, it it is a 
indisputable truth that transcends or that crosses, that permeates all fields, right? Standing on principle. And so what I need, what I try to push them to understand is that in the seven hermetic principles, you have the principle of gender, which is the same on all planes, mental, physical, and spiritual, or uh, physical, mental, and spiritual. And the, the masculine and the feminine are principles that exist within and without. The principle of gender is masculine and feminine. And when the masculine and feminine come together, you produce life. Life is a result of masculine and feminine working together. Each human being is a living and breathing organism, which means that masculine and feminine principles are operating within them right now. So within me is masculine and feminine and within you is masculine and feminine. Otherwise you would cease to exist. That's within the self, but externally, you have the masculine and feminine principle which is displayed right here, right now. You are the masculine principle because you're in a male vessel and I'm the feminine principle because I'm in the female vessel. So the only purpose for the masculine vessel and feminine vessel to create life would be through sex to create a baby. That is the only purpose for procreation on the physical level. But a male is not needed to manifest your desires because you have the masculine and feminine within yourself as woman. So when you, when you create an idea which is the feminine principle, ideas, imaginations, the abstract. When you take that and then you marry it, when you take that, okay, I'll tie it. I'll tie it in a minute. You, you, you're missing my thought process. I know. When you take the imagination and the ideas and you marry it with the masculine work ethic, willpower, and drive, and determination, when you marry these two actions and ideas, you create, you manifest into your physical reality. The average person does not know what it means to be masculine and to be feminine. And everybody's idea that the female is supposed to just sit here and look like an inanimate object that makes the male feel good in an area um, on his body is false. True femininity is a woman getting in tune with her creative self, right? Because that's what it is. And that's what I push women to do, to be the producers, to be who creative made you to be, which is the creative vessel. 
no creation happens without the feminine because the feminine is the creator. 100%, 100%. So um, you've written this book and I'm, and here's the thing, let me say this. Uh, when we met in Miami and we were talking, I, I think I might've mentioned this to you when we were there, but I think it's really um, important that not to only have these principles that you live by, not to only know and be able to see these patterns, but you took the what I consider the most important step of any understanding. You put it out there for the world. Now, mm -hmm. for a lot of people, let's be real, Princella, that can be scary because yes. some of us don't, we don't want the pushback. We don't want the commentary. We don't want the, we want the smoke basically, right? We don't want people right. taking issue with how we may think about something. And that's just, you know, I think that's just more, uh, 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 lack of maturity because there's always going to be there's 8 billion people on the planet not everybody's going to agree with you and that's okay right. but we can all learn from each other uh, because you know having a disagreement doesn't mean that you got to hate the other person it means you might come to an understanding of why that person feels and sees right. things the way they do um, I'm looking at the comments now and uh, yeah it's a whole lot going on in these comments right now but mm -hmm. here's, what I, here, here's where I want to go with this so you write this book you on track to do over three hundred thousand dollars. You didn't see this coming. You've done, and let's just help the people understand, because I think I think people are missing the fact that your train is out the station and it's moving. You are yes. on valuetainment. That's Patrick Beck David's world, twice, yes. right? Yes. Um, you've you've been killing it right now on in 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 different you know YouTube channels. You're talking to different people. You are sharing. This thing that you didn't even, you didn't even know it was going to turn into this, this fast, right? Right. How does it feel today after knowing that low point that you told me about just a few months ago? Mm -hmm. It, you know, it just, it feels uh, rewarding, uh, comforting, you know, um, I always knew that I was of value. It was really just about uh, stepping out on on faith and knowing that I have the talent and the skills to, to bring forth, right? It's just trusting. And it feels good to know that the creator made a decision for me to get out of that job and force me to fall on what I already knew. The creator forced me to trust myself right but you know so i feel good uh knowing that i no longer have to doubt myself because that was the big piece that was holding me back practically all of my life oh that's good no longer having to doubt yourself that's mm -hmm. that's a powerful there's got to be a powerful feeling at mm -hmm. this point um mm -hmm. i want to dive into some practicality now um <clears throat> we got people on here who are uh, building, you know, side businesses, people who are, who are learning to take this journey for real. What are some things that you, um, you could share uh, and some principles? We talked earlier about, you know, seeing this business as raising a kid, right? And all the things that it's going to take in order to be able to build this business the right way. What are some things that you see uh, are, are important for people to consider as they're uh, building that side business? And why do you think that it is an important journey that a lot of people who have the skill that somebody else would pay for out there in the marketplace, why do you think they should go on that journey? 
divorce the outcome for a second, right? Because we don't know what we don't know. You could you could start a business and flop tomorrow, right? But why do you think uh, you know that starting and building that side business is a really good exercise for people who are high achievers? Well, if you're building a side business, you you should be building a side business because it's who you are trying to escape the slave labor that you're doing. Because if you're not doing something that's in alignment with yourself and your purpose, then you will not put in the effort that you need to put in and you will not be successful because why are you building the side business? Are you building it because it's something to do? Are you trying to uh, be in somebody else's lane? You know, your side business should be who you really are, that as you're building it and nurturing it, it allows you a gateway or a road for you to connect with your authentic self while you add value to other people's lives. If you're not adding value to other people's lives, then what are you doing it for, right? What are you doing it for? So if you're going to do a side business, make sure you're doing something that truly speaks to life purpose. Yeah. Where did you struggle when you first decided to build something outside of your day job? Just confidence. Because right. what what I'm what I'm speaking is so anti the establishment. I felt like nobody would listen to me. Mm. I, I felt like people did not want to hear what I had to say. Because I'm like, I know all this stuff. What am I supposed to do with all this information? And it's like, and, and, and what added to that feeling of uh, a lack of confidence is because I was popular on Facebook at one point, right? I was, I had videos that hit a million views on Facebook around 2015, 2016 era. And then Facebook, I started getting banned. Algorithm started suppressing me. And I just felt like, hey, nobody wants to hear my point of view anyway, right? And so because of that, I was hesitant to get out and speak, right? But my soul kept calling me to do it. And as I was driving trucks for this one guy, I just said, you know what? I'm going to buy some equipment because I can't I if I'm going to do this podcast and thing or whatever I can't just turn on a camera and be like I'm going live I have to come back with intention and I have to come back like I'm really trying to do something so I went I got a zero percent interest credit card and I charged eleven thousand dollars on the credit card and bought all of my studio equipment this is while I was still working, making a thousand dollars a week. <laughs> Paying the price. I hope y'all just heard that. Let's stop and pause. Cause if I could rewind what you just said the way I could in real time, I would. You were paying the price for the future that you now sit in as your present. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that we remember what did she just say probably about 30 minutes ago? You won't pay the price, whether you do it financially ego wise is something or many people are paying the price because they won't even step out and spend $11,000. Correct. They won't Fear, even, right. so you're paying the price in ignorance. 
you know, I heard uh, Alex Hermosi say, you know, uh, if you make, you know, $100,000 at your day job right now, you know, and you, you want to make a million in your in your business, well, it's costing you $900,000 a year for, to be stay ignorant. So either you willing to pay that price in some shape, form or fashion, or guess what? You will continue to pay that price because you aren't willing to do the investment. I, and I know exactly where you are. My wife and I invested over $200,000 just in business coaching. And I'm going to tell you one of the craziest things happened because I was a tightwad. I didn't like like investing in those kind of circles. But I'm going to tell you one of the interesting things that happened. And I'd be curious to kind of your thoughts on this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I walked in the room and two big things stuck out to me. Mm -hmm. I realized these people are no smarter than me. That was the first, that was like the big first aha, right? Mm -hmm. Walking to some of these rooms, these people making crazy money. The yeah. second thing that happened was at this level, people don't compete. They're looking for different ways to collaborate as long as you have something of value to offer the world that resonates right. with them. And when I figured that out, I was like, okay, that's that's the difference, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a real big difference. What have you noticed as you've gotten to meet the Patrick Bet Davids of the world, these, these people that you've gotten a chance to, to have them know your name now and 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 reach out. What are you learning? What are some of those patterns that you're learning about the people that, you know, from a distance, most people would have a whole bunch of crazy negative things to say, but you get a chance to meet some of these people up close and personal. What are some of the things you're learning? Well, they all, they all have a mission. They all have a mission and they stick to their mission, right? Mm -hmm. um, successful people, successful people don't spend their time complaining and talking about other people, right? They spend their time focused on what it is that they're doing. You can, empty vessels make the loudest noise. And so a lot of these, a lot of these people that I've met that are actually doing something, they, they are less combative when you talk to them, they're less combative. And the reason is, is because when a male has money, typically when a male has money, what you say doesn't impact him too hard because he has the ability to get what he wants. So he doesn't, he doesn't see the world through the lens of a broke person. Right. And so I like speaking to uh, other ethnicities. I like speaking to um, people of scholarly backgrounds and high uh, socioeconomic uh, positions because you get a different conversation out of them. You know, it's very true. Um, I will say one of the things that um, I think we struggle with as a community is reaching out to other communities is being open to another way of doing things. We do struggle with this idea because we think, well, we know it all over here. And it's like, nah, there's somebody else who's already figured this game out. But mm -hmm. they tend to not have people who look like us reach out all the time. Not right. be curious enough. Not be willing to walk in without the ego, but walk in and say, look, I'm here to learn, right? Um, as you've been on this journey, um, you know, the book is doing well now. Um, goals tend to change, right? You, 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 some of them you reach, 
um, and then you kind of start to, you know, shift and look for that next, you know, a challenge or the thing that you're after. Um, what is what is your goal over the next year, 18 months? Well, um, I have a few people that I want to talk to over the uh, next year. Um, so I plan on talking to those people. But overall, I, I've created a course um, that I want to try to get licensed um, for to be in institutions. Okay, hmm. um, and it's it's rooted in uh, behavioral science and uh, human psychology. So I've been I've, I've challenged Maslow's hierarchy, and I've created a new a new structure for humans to um, adapt to. So I want to get that into school. So that'll be one of the things that I'm working on. <laughs> Hold on now, wait a second. That, okay. Are you able to share that hierarchy now or do we need to wait until you, okay, all right. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, I was gonna ask, cause I just, hey, listen, that sounds juicy to me. Um, yes. You know, <clears throat> Given given the work that you're doing and kind of that goal and, and where you where you want to go, um, clearly you're very spiritually grounded. Yes. And you do move with a lot of intention. Um, who supports you right now? Who is who are the people that Princella gets to lean on? Because a lot of people are leaning on you, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people have found your way of thinking. A lot of people are, uh, you know, in in your camp, but who does Priscilla lean on for wisdom? Who is she talking to? What what, what does that look like for you in, in this world today? It's been the same. The same has always been. I lean on my own understanding because my understanding is evolving. It's an evolving understanding. It's not static. And so I think a lot. Unfortunately, there are not many people that I can talk to or lean on. It never has been, right? So um, if I need, if I want to learn something new, I have to go into the social media space or pick up another book. But uh, people, unfortunately, I don't have uh, people to talk to that are above my uh, knowledge base. Mm. So okay. So yeah. So I um, yeah. I'm. They say it's lonely at the top. I don't think it's lonely. I think it's a lot of solitude and and and, and quiet time. And so because okay. So I capitalize on that that quiet space, right? Because my brain don't stop. My mind does not stop running. Mm. So I might, I might say something, right? A lot of these concepts, I have been tossing these, tossing these same concepts over and over, over for years. And they just get deeper and deeper. And I get more revelation around these concepts. So I can see more and more dimensions and more perspectives. So, you know, um, I listen to people too. So even if I don't have anybody to talk to, I listen so much that, and I think about what I hear so much that it just evolves anyway, you know, but it would be nice to have somebody to uh, 
to speak to every now and then that did have a higher uh, knowledge base, but in due time. Yeah, in, in due time, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, often uh, when I'm talking to my wife, there are things that I personally, as a husband, um, see in her that uh, I can't wait for her to like reveal to the world. Mm -hmm. um, there's often these moments that we're having, whether we having like a deep conversation or just, you know, doing business together because we both do business together. Um, she's been running her technology company for years. And, and a lot of times I think about, uh, we talked earlier, you, you were talking about, you know, some of the, the societal limitations and the way we think uh, people are supposed to be, the way women are supposed to be. Um, and, you know, I realized that part of what, um, what helps, let's put it that way, because I like to think about the positive thing. I think the, the thing that helps is when men can be, uh, can have a recognition of the power that a woman brings to every environment. I don't care mm -hmm. if it's business, I don't care if it's a problem, a conflict, right. I don't care if it's an argument. A woman can shut down a whole argument in no time uh, because the power of a woman's words are, are really, really um, what what shape life. You said something to me that I want to bring up when we were in Miami. This, this is where yes. I'm going with this. You said to me, and I, I never forget this. When you said it, I like logged it because I was like, now that's a thought. You said, if there were no men on the planet, we wouldn't have wars. Mm -hmm. You said, you said, Chris, think about all of the wars that are started. Who is it? It's two men that see differently that just got to conquer the other one. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I love history. So I'm going back and I'm like, you know what? She's right. And when I thought about that, I, I, I it constantly went over my mind when you and I were talking that day after we got through having a conversation. Um, I was thinking to myself, huh? So what what would you say to the male power structures today that exist? What would you say if you were sitting across from the presidents, the kings, the you know the dictators, the if, if, if they brought Priscilla into the G5's G8 summit, right? And said, talk to us, Priscilla. What, what is it that we need to be able to do so that we as a society, as humans can move forward and get out of this uh, European male conquering uh, way that we do stuff? And I know we probably don't have a whole lot of time for you to break everything down, but... Oh no! I'm it, just curious about your gotta, process on this. I'm we got enough. You said that we got enough time. You can't tell them nothing because <laughs> men are ego driven and they don't want to give up their territory. To tell them to concede to women and do what women say do in order to uh, nurture life and not kill life in the planet. You're going to be hard pressed. So they need to wipe themselves off the planet. Y'all going, going to war until you push yourself off the edge of the planet, right? Because the male's ego is just so toxic and fragile that you can't reason with them because, see, they want all the Africa. They want to dig up all the gold, all the coltan. They want to, they want to harvest all of the human labor for nothing.
you have to get past the ego to mm -hmm. even tell them anything. So it's like, it's a waste of time to even talk to them too. Hey, really quickly, I just wanted you to know that this experience is awesome audio wise. And I know you're loving it because otherwise you wouldn't be here. But I want you to know we also have a YouTube version of this same conversation. You can go to Grow Your Side Business over on YouTube right now. And guess what? You can watch us have this conversation out loud in the open. Uh, sometimes it just does better to make things stick when you're watching. So whether you're at home, whether you're in the office or wherever you might be and you're listening to this episode, go check us out on YouTube. Let's get back to the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, and again, like I said, I'll never forget that statement because it's it's such a um they ain't talking about that on the TEDx. <laughs> right? They're not talking about that in 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 some of these uh larger circles where where, you know, quite honestly, and I I'll just tell you like that was a I thought that was an accurate way to look at what's happened with men. Um over you know generations i mean shoot go back to cain and abel um fighting mm -hmm. over territory um right. what do you, what do you see right now as as you look out uh, there are women now taking monster leaps in corporate america ceo roles i just interviewed a woman um a couple of months ago uh she was the ceo of three different companies and she ended up um now building a company helping place women in CEO positions. Um, you see women um, taking the reins, movies, television, uh, you know, social media. You see, you start to see these things that are happening. It's like, okay, very different uh, approach to a lot of what society would have said even 10 years ago, um, the way things should be done. What do you, what do you like about what you're seeing right now from how women are showing up in these different industries? Oh, I'm enjoying it. I love it because this is prophecy. This is uh, this is the divine feminine takeover. This is the natural order of things, right? And so, you know, the story of Lucifer, you know, trying to challenge God and being mm -hmm. kicked out and given a 6,000-year rule, that was a metaphor for masculine energy trying to challenge the divine feminine. And now the masculine energy's time is up. You have destroyed everything. You thought you could challenge the true God and you failed. And so now you've destroyed the planet. And the only way right now, the elites, the elites have to focus on the planet because it's in a devastating place. Patriarchy is anti-nature which has caused the entire planet harm so you have to move back into nature's flow in order to help nature which means that you have to go back towards a matriarchy because that's that's how you help the environment women are critical to the environment women are the true producers and so we've allowed fire to burn everything and now we got to stop fire from burning. And men, the male today, finds himself in a very uh, uncomfortable position because the privileges that he was that he was given in patriarchy are not given to him anymore, and he's not liking what he's uh, seeing. However, women, when you remove the barrier and allow women to be women, 
this is what you see. You see women taking over because that's a woman's nature. But men have been lied to and told that the things that are natural to a woman is his job. And males have been struggling to be women because that's what society is telling them to do. Be a woman. And they can't. Let a woman go and let her do, and you will see them being the CEOs. You'll see them being the top creators. You will see them doing all that because that's in their nature. And I'm happy to see. I'm happy to see her take her throne back. Absolutely. Man, man. Um, you know, <clears throat> I I have to ask you this question because it's it's I, I think I'd be remiss without asking. Um, what does the version that you see, what does the version of a, a male advocate of these principles look like? What, what is he doing? What, what, how is he showing up to, to, to advocate for these principles? What does he look like in the boardroom? What does he look like in the bedroom? What does he look like at home? What does he look like in in church what does what does that male advocate of these principles truly look like the principle oh it's a person out here that displays just that jason wilson if you want to if you want to know a man who embodies these principles it's jason wilson okay men should aspire to be him you know who he is is that um my guy big beard uh up in um he wrote uh he has the dojo right yes the the yeah. martial arts yeah. yes yeah that, absolutely that's the man right that, there that, that's the man that that is the embodiment of a man or a male who has integrated masculine and feminine and become and matriculated into manhood right that's what it looks like a man with purpose, right? Mm -hmm. A man who adds value, a man who is self-disciplined and who understands the feminine and understands that the power lies in the feminine, right? He is the embodiment of it. And there is no other person that people can readily look at off the top of my dome that I would say is that person, right? I like David Goggins, right? But David Goggins is not the example of integrating the feminine into his being. He is ultra masculine. He is ultra determined. He is on another level physically and mentally, but it's not in, in the sense of integrating the feminine and being empathetic. He's more on the stoic, uh, the stoic end of things. What I'm talking about is making a whole human being. That person would be Jason Wilson. Hey, really quickly, I just wanted you to know that this experience is awesome audio wise. And I know you're loving it because otherwise you wouldn't be here. But I want you to know we also have a YouTube version of this same conversation. You can go to Grow Your Side Business over on YouTube right now. And guess what? You can watch us have this conversation out loud in the open. Uh, sometimes it just does better to make things stick when you're watching. So whether you're at home, whether you're in the office or wherever you might be and you're listening to this episode, go check us out on YouTube. Let's get back to the conversation. The fact that you had that in your mind, I just like, and it's crazy because I've been following him now four or five years. 
Uh, and I would say the same thing about him. I'd say about you, he's resolute. Mm -hmm. He's very careful with his words. He's balanced in his approach, but uh, clearly he has that protective nature um, and he has a set of standards that mm -hmm. he chooses to live by. You're not gonna cross his standards. There's no there's no world where you get to cross his standards and 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 basically live to tell about it. He's he's yeah. very much an approach. And I like his approach of even getting men to um center ourselves with our sons. You know, I got two sons. I, I mentioned to you, you know, they're both in college now. Um and I, I think one of the most I, I was telling my wife this a couple years ago. I think one of the difficulties about raising sons in today's world is obviously there's so much coming at them just through the device of a phone that they have to contend with. But more importantly, uh, my wife was a single mother for 10 years before we met. Mm -hmm. And I always tell my wife the biggest regret I have, if I ever had one, is not getting to them sooner. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't get the opportunity to have somebody in their life at such a young age when they are formidable when they you know need that that structure um that i wish i was i was a part of that but then i also think about like i used to go to my counseling sessions and you know when i would talk to my counselor i realized like dude you've been living your life based on these outdated principles from 1980. um mm -hmm. not not outdated principles but outdated behaviors that don't work they're not universal and that's when i started studying principles as opposed to the way well this is the way we always do it no that doesn't mean anything that just means right. you're do, you're too lazy to figure out what mm -hmm. the principle is and how you should be living your life and right. so i realized that you know jason the way he approaches things is like man that's interesting that you would say he's the he's the he's the example um that that you would say is, is is the one have you met jason yet no but i would love to meet him and he is definitely on the list of people to talk to <laughs> absolutely good deal good deal well listen I, man we have been on here how long have we been on we've been on here an hour and 30 minutes your time is precious and i know here's what i'm gonna tell you we're doing part two we probably okay. gonna do part two in person so let's just knock that out uh um let me let me say this to you <clears throat> I appreciate the fact that you didn't give up mm -hmm. on you. I appreciate the fact that you didn't give up on the way you think, mm -hmm. um, that you didn't give up the, the thing that you saw at night, you know, T.E. Lawrence's quote that, you know, men are dreamers, but the people who dream during the day are the most dangerous people because boy, if they go execute, they're hard to stop. Right. Mm -hmm. And you are definitely one of those people. Um, if there's anything that, you know, we can do on our side, as you know, my wife and I, you know, I, I can't wait for us to be able to get together and kick it because I think uh, we'll have a whole lot of fun. But if there's anything that we can do, you know, we, we're, we're absolutely, you know, here to support all that you're doing. I think you and my wife are going to end up becoming president or something. I don't know. Uh, but I'm, I'm just I'm always happy to see uh, women coming together, collaborating, being willing to be uh um, inclusive of one another and yes. supportive of one another in this wild world where everybody wants to show this version that's not the full picture of what women right. are. Um, I just appreciate you and I'm glad that you've you've taken this path. It's not easy. 
And I can't imagine what the quiet times and what goes through your mind at times. But the fact that you keep showing up every day and you are where you are right now, money, money came, money coming and, and yes. to, to be able to st stabilize your life. I just applaud you. Um, I'll give you the floor last few minutes here. What pearls of wisdom would you like to be able to share with the audience? If the creator give you something, the creator gave it to you for a reason. And don't let nobody talk you out of it, right? When you when you tune into your authentic self in a fictitious world, in a matrix, people are unfamiliar with authenticity because they're so used to being fake. They're so used to suppressing them. So when people go against you, when people have things to say that are in opposition, take that as a sign that you are doing the right thing because you should not be following the crowd. If people agree with you, right, and off the bat, you might be doing something wrong because most people live a lie. The truth is something that hurts people and it's hard for them to accept, right? So the true you will upset programmed people, but stay the course because over time, people will have no other choice but to accept you, right? So stay true and do not, do not sway from the path. Hold on. First of all, so that's going to be the piece that we're going to put out immediately. You said, I, man, I love the way you put that. The true you will upset programmed people. If y'all don't put that in the chat and screenshot that and post that everywhere, that, ladies and gentlemen, should be our our daily driver. Not that we're trying to upset people, but I'm going to be my true self, irregardless of how it makes other people feel. If I show up good, then I go to bed at night knowing I was being myself, right? Mm -hmm. um, I appreciate you. Hey, y'all, listen, y'all y'all got a chance to see this woman. Y'all got a chance to hear her here on the Grow Your Side Business podcast. For those of you who rocked with us live, oh my God, like y'all are amazing. All of y'all showed up, y'all were in the comments. We appreciate y'all. Um, if you watch this replay and you enjoyed this, do me a favor, make sure that you leave us a review, a like, a share, make sure you go follow Princella. We will put all the information in the show notes. We will make sure that you have access to what she shares and who this woman is. And more importantly, y'all listen, I like bringing different perspectives to helping you be able to grow a successful side business. Sometimes y'all, it's not just about the business and how it works and moving the widgets. Sometimes it's the mindset that you brought to the table on whether or not that business will survive what it has to and succeed. So thank y'all for being here. We appreciate y'all. Listen, man, this has been another great episode live. And you know what? We'll see y'all in the next one. Take care, everybody. Have a great evening. We'll catch you guys soon.